welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to make an apple crumble? Tell him his wife's dead. (laughs) We are at the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, on my left, he's like an abandoned Michael Sheen impression. (laughs) It's Michael Legg! Him. She's the nation's third favourite Geordie behind Cheryl Cole and Deck from Ant and Deck. It's Sarah Millican! <laughs> no one likes ants. <laughs> On my right, a woman so racked by Catholic guilt she's never touched her own minky. It's Margaret Cable Smith. <laughs> And with her, an American broadcaster whose name in Scotland means spineless prick is Jesse Thorne. <laughs> oh, let's start with round one. The importance of being right. Like a lazy ornithologist looking up great tits on Google, I've stumbled into some unexpected problems online. <laughs> In this round, I'm going to set each team a tricksy dilemma and they must tell me what is the right thing to do according to Field Marshal Internet and his army of cyber nerds. So, Michael and Sarah, you're first. It's a lovely sunny day and you are feeling great. You decide to celebrate by taking all your clothes off and throwing your windows wide open to allow nature's breeze to waft around your unmentionables. But, oh no, that window is, if anything, too open and a pigeon flies into your house. So what is the right way to get a bird out of your living room according to apartmenttherapy.com? Can I check that you're using windows as in windows or windows as in downstairs lady windows? When I throw them open open to get some air out. That would be a new career. (laughs) If I could ask a secondary clarifying question, when you say pigeon, do you mean bird pigeon or downstairs gentleman pigeon? (laughs) (laughs) How do you get a cock out of your fanny? Is that what the question is? That's what you think all questions are. <laughs> um, so, uh, the question is how to get a bird out of a house. A bird out of your house, yeah. I probably just, like, if you leave the windows open and it doesn't leave of its own accord, then just start charging it rent. <laughs> I actually had a, uh, a pigeon in my block of flats. I live on the second floor and there were no windows open. Is your name and Luca? I came up to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, and I, and I came home and I came up to two flights of stairs and there was a pigeon sitting on my doormat. But then um, when I... This sounds really weird, but when I looked at it, it got up and it had laid, laid an egg. And I swear, I swear, it then sort of nodded at the egg. Anyway, I totally freaked out and I had to get my boyfriend who was inside the flat to come out and shoo the pigeon away. And then we... I'm really sorry, but we threw the egg away. You could you totally have, have eaten to. it. You have to. Oh. But ever since then, I swear pigeons have been after me. How? And I, I think they want my child. <laughs> As penance. You may be confusing pigeons with Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I had a pigeon in my flat once. I mean, my flatmate just both went... <laughs> and then hid till it went away. Is that the answer? Just hide till it goes away. <laughs> have you ever had a wild animal in your house, Michael? I've got a dog in my house it's at all times. What do you mean it's not wild? It's literally domestic. 
It's literally what, 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 not it, a wild animal. Well, do you know what? Those are just non-vegan terms. <laughs> what do you... Yeah. Oh, Michael, you what do you do his... if you have insects in your house? Do you, as a vegan... In- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> incest. If you have incest... I you said incest. Oh, my God. How'd you get oh, a cock out of What did you do if you had incest I put, in I your put house? a vegan trap down for my sister. <laughs> <laughs> And then put a bit of card under it, take her out into the park and let her go. Can you get vegan? Then I fuck her brains out. Is that what we all want to do? Sorry, I started that. <laughs> when the pigeon is in your room, should you close the curtains or should you leave them open? Is a pigeon like a budgie? Because a budgie goes to sleep if you cover its cage. So I'm thinking if you oh. shut the curtains, then the pigeon will fall asleep and then you could spoon it. <laughs> yeah. You put a blanket or a jumper over it, I know this, and then you scoop it up and you take it back to Mother Nature. Do you? Yeah. Look, Juice event? First time ever. How many podcasts have we done? First time I've ever answered a question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you close the curtain so it doesn't decide to fly straight into a closed window. Relax, stand still, be quiet. You'll find after a while this should calm the bird and stop it flapping around. When it is finally still, gently toss a towel over it. This prevents it from flying, then very gently pick it up, put it in a cardboard box using the towel as a cover, take it outside, let it out, and the bird will fly off. So yeah, one point still, to Michael and Sarah. He's still admitted to fucking his sister. I mean, I don't think we should have uh, Margaret and Jesse, this is for you. You have finally, finally become a real performer and won a job entertaining rich people on a lovely cruise ship in the Pacific. You wake up one night and find alarms are going off. The cabin is wet and the boat is at a funny angle. Nothing out of the ordinary there. <laughs> oh, wait, you idiot, the ship is sinking. Quickly, you ready the life raft and paddling away so you don't get sucked underwater, you find yourselves adrift all alone. So what is the right way to survive on a life raft according to ehow.com? Oh, well, I presume that having Leonardo DiCaprio with you is in some way helpful. He didn't that, help. Um... He just died. <laughs> no, he helped her. He helped her. He could have fought his way onto that raft, which I would have done. Um, <laughs> no, he, you know, she survived. That's my point. You have him with you. So he can die. Yeah. So are you suggesting that you should have Leonardo DiCaprio? He, he should be times. on there, yeah. but dead. As a sort of as a sort of secondary raft? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Jesse, have you ever been on a cruise? No, I'm actually going on a cruise. I only I you know, that's not true. I went on a two day cruise to Ensenada. I don't know if I like cruise people. They're just they're just elderly. <laughs> Do you like elderly people? I mean honestly. My, um, my parents went on a cruise and my dad said some of the couples are really weird and I said, what do you mean? And he said, some of the men are a lot older than some of the women. <laughs> and I said to him, well, give us an example. And he said, there was one fella, he was in, in his 90s and his missus was in her 70s. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad is proud of only one thing that he's ever done in his life. I think he's delayed, something like 37 cruises, he's delayed them. Because he goes on to cruise and they check his luggage and he's brought wine onto the boat, which you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to put illegal alcohol. And he's gone, oh, for fuck's sake, and then drank it all in front of them. <laughs> 37 times. You're, number one, your dad sounds like an amazing man. And number oh, yes. two, I don't understand how you could have ever grown up to be a comedian. <laughs> one day I will. That sounds like the father of an actuary to me. Have you ever been on a life raft, Sarah? No. 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 Have you ever been in peril? (laughs) 
is that a place? <laughs> I don't really travel, I'm sorry. Your geography's awful. Um, I don't think so, but I'm sort of prepared for quite a few things because my dad taught me how to kill a dog when I was nine. And, <laughs> and Again, how could you have become a comedian? <laughs> with guidance? And he taught me how to abseil down the side of a building when I was about 10 or 11. So to get away from the dog? or uh... No, no, because I've killed the dog. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't listening, was she? How do you kill a dog? How... Uh, well, the way he taught me, because there, um, there was a lot of children being, like their faces being eaten by dogs at the time where I lived. So he wanted to give me like a fighting chance. So... Where did you live in Cujo? <laughs> in peril. Oh, yeah. I lived in peril. And uh, so he told me to put an umbrella under its collar and then I've got a bit of leverage and I can get it turning till it just flops. But then the problem is not all dogs wear collars, so you have to take a collar as well. Yeah, and yeah. then collar and when umbrella. it's like arr, 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 at you, uh, then you can put the collar on it really quickly and then put the umbrella under. So luckily it never happened, but, you know, I'm ready. If anybody's got a dog in, uh, I'm ready. Did you keep an umbrella with you all the time? Yeah, I did carry an umbrella with me all the time. And, oh, just in case it rains, fucking ready. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't think anyone has brought a dog. Oh, you're frightened of dogs too. <laughs> dogs and rain. No, apparently you just um, rip their front legs no. apart. Way too many people here know an actual to way dogs. to kill a dog. <laughs> and then deep fry it. <laughs> You're a vegan, you love all animals. Yeah, but you know what? I, I was bitten by a dog when I was about four. I was like a Jack Russell. And my mum was so worried that I grow up to be scared of dogs, she bought me an Alsatian. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was no wolves left. <laughs> if you were in the life raft and a shark started circling you, would you punch the shark if it was coming near you? Well... Yeah, as much as I love animals, I don't think that's against the vegan code that if you are being eaten, <laughs> to get a bit grumpy about it. All right, then. <laughs> I'll simplify the question. Um, should you stay near the sunken boat? Oh. Yeah, I would, because I would want to try and gather shrimp. Not in the ocean, but from the cruise ship. You die. <laughs> I don't you, know. I think I'd like the company, even if the dead. <laughs> Are you quite lonely, Margaret? I'm really lonely. <laughs> um, producer Ben, what are the actual answers? Well, according to Ehow, the difficulty rating of this scenario is challenging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. Try to stay in the general area of the sunken boat for at least three days. This will make it easier for rescuers to find you. Don't drink any water on the first day. Create a water rationing system that will go into effect on day number two. Attach yourself to the life raft with a rope or other suitable material. And dwell on something that relaxes you. Don't panic, is their final <laughs> line of advice. Are you supposed to drink your wee as well? Is that a thing? Didn't mention If you've got nice wee, <laughs> might as well. I don't think you can drink it because you're vegan. <laughs> I think it's cannibalism. My... Uh... My, my penis is a broccoli, so it's fine. <laughs> so, at the end of that round, Ben, what are the points? It is one all. Yay! 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 So now it's time for some agony. In this round, I'll be asking the panel to solve between none and all of the audience's problems. But before that can happen, I'm going to test their mettle with a real problem sent to an actual agony aunt. So, Margaret, could you please read it out? <clears throat> yes. 
Dear Agony Aunt, my fiancé wanted to give me a surprise present, so ordered me a sex toy from Amazon. However, when he placed his order for a clone willy he forgot that his default delivery address is his parents' house. Because it is an international delivery, the packaging will state what's inside. He's terrified one of his younger siblings will see it. Should we tell his parents about this before the package arrives? And, more importantly, how can I look them in the eye next time I meet them if they know I want to clone their son's penis? <laughs> in a way, it's a compliment. Penis cloning. Yeah. Yeah. In a big way, they, yeah. Well, it's half the, the, the father's yeah. penis and half the mother's penis. <laughs> <laughs> what if the parents use it? Oh, my God. Yes. What's with your... They think it's for them. For them, except it's totally possible, isn't it? Hold oh, thanks on. very much for the present. Oh, and then when it's being used, you go, this seems familiar. This is, uh, I'm... This is oh. my son's. I'm pretty sure that parents don't have sex parts. No. <laughs> it's like a modern Greek tragedy. They're smoothed over once they've had yeah, It's like a Ken and Barbie situation. <laughs> I've seen my dad's broccoli so many times. No? <laughs> have you seen so... your dad's penis recently? Oh, do you know what? <laughs> no. <laughs> and the amount of times I ask and that the little tease refuses <laughs> it's a perfectly innocent question <laughs> yeah it is what a lovely scenario for the next Pixar movie <laughs> me looking at my dad's cock for an hour first ten minutes is sad when his mum dies now <laughs> now Margaret you're getting married next year aren't you yeah. have you thought about cloning any part of your body <laughs> as a gift yeah like your hand because then cloning. the cloned cock could fit in the cloned hand and neither of you would have to do so I, how dare you imply that I would ever touch my boyfriend's penis <laughs> any part of me clones suggests that it's made from actual human tissue. Well, yes, exactly. It's not that, is it? It's a mould. No. Yeah. Or, I think, think it's a clone. I think this is like a Petri dish type situation. And they've yeah, grown the penis. No doubt about it. <laughs> On the back of a mouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anybody ever had an embarrassing delivery? I had an embarrassing, it's quite similar, where I got two text messages at the same time. One from Tony Law, the comedian, and one from my mum, the not-comedian. <laughs> and Tony Law's text was, great to see you tonight, looking forward to seeing you next week, hope I wasn't too erotic for you. <laughs> and my mum's text message was, I'll see you tomorrow at the airport. And I decided, I'll, get, I'll reply to them both, get the funny one out of the way before mum. And I wrote, as soon as I see you, <laughs> I'm going to ram myself in you and go off like a dirty bomb. <laughs> You know when you're on a plane and you hope it crashes? <laughs> Producer Ben, what was the actual answer to this agony aunt problem? Uh, so this was um, somebody called Dear Prudence in Slate magazine. Uh, she wrote, Your fiancé must warn his parents that a package has been sent to their house in error. He should ask that they alert him as soon as it arrives and stick it in a cupboard. If they're the curious sort, you may just have to accept that when they look at the package, they'll know that you like their son's package too, so much you want to clone it. So if you're lucky, maybe they'll just glance at your cloner Willy package and think it's something to do with Willy Wonka. Uh, when you visit his... This is genuine. When you visit his parents to retrieve the gift, make sure you bring a plain brown bag. Well, now you've learnt how a, a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's audience. So is Mark Hopley here? Hello. Do you want to tell us what your problem is? I work at Marks and Spencers. 
Um, we've got this little old lady who comes in. I mean, all our customers are little old ladies, but this one specifically is pretty much blind, according to her. She says she can't see the little things, she can't see the packaging, and can we help her? Everyone pretty much despises this lady and is pretty <laughs> much convinced that she's a liar. We think she's just making it up. So I want to know how we can expose her evil lies. Drive towards her. <laughs> Have you Could ever you... thought of just getting your cock out and seeing if she comments on it? Oh my god, oh, she, that's a brilliant idea. See, All of you do. She can't see yeah. little things, though, can she? Turns against Mark. Why do you despise her? Because she's lying. Because we're pretty certain she is lying what? and she just wants attention all day, okay. every day. Oh, lonely. I'm painting a really sad picture yeah, now, aren't I? Really <laughs> sad. It's yeah, so she sad. really does clearly come across like a total cunt. <laughs> <laughs> a okay. woman who can't see. <laughs> I'm a bad man then. Is that right? Do, do you hate people in wheelchairs as well? <laughs> I... One of my colleagues was asked to help a lady out with a wheelchair, pushed her along the street and got the wheel caught in a grid and pushed the lady onto the floor. Her first response was to run away. She didn't know what to do. She panicked and she ran away and left the lady there Where on the floor. Where do you live? Who are these what people? Are, what are Marks and Spencers doing when yeah. they're training their staff? <laughs> I think you should leave your job and have somebody else who is nicer to old people and people in wheelchairs take your place. It's not a funny answer, it's just some advice, Flower. <laughs> you, could, you could try and get her a boyfriend. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I think this has the basics of a good meet-cute in a romantic comedy. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to look into that one. There are plenty of old guys looking desperate around the place. So Maybe you yeah. could get your co-worker to crash an old guy in a wheelchair onto her. <laughs> that's very that's really Richard Curtis, actually. <laughs> well, Mark, who would you like to give your points to? Who's giving you the best advice? I think the North East has helped me here, so... She's basically told you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... Have we got um, Christian here? It's Christian here. Christian, what is your problem? My problem is, is that my daughter came to the Fringe and now she wants to be a performer. Oh, God. Fucking hell, so have sorry. her put down. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get her a job in Marks and Spencers instead? Yeah. Is she one of those ones that, like, if you took her on Britain's Got Talent, she'd sing flat and... Uh... Yeah, she, 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 um, she's quite outgoing. Um, well, that's and a she, uh, you said yeah. that as though she was developmentally disabled. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's or not. Or a slag. But she... Uh... <laughs> we both... <laughs> Margaret, your um, daughter's very outgoing. Mm. <laughs> Slag. <laughs> She's poor! <laughs> She's died <Little> early. <laughs> Little slag. <laughs> She's a tiny slag, yeah. Aww. My little slag. <laughs> Would you encourage her to be a performer? God, no. No, I want her to sort of be an accountant and look after her stupid parents when they're too old and poor to look after themselves because they chose badly. Yeah, my advice to you is you should have given her more attention as she was growing up. Yeah. Was she, was she breastfed? That's a, that's a to, a, to, a, to a point. <laughs> Nipple. 
Apparently, yeah, it's called a nipple. Apparently, you were too busy getting on cruise ships with a full bottle of wine and then drinking it in front of everybody to take care of your own child. <laughs> he has a bottle of wine in his hand. Has anybody helped you with your problem, Christian? Yeah, I think the accountancy idea is fantastic. Thank Points you. to Margaret. Um, so, Ben, at the end of that round, what are the scores? I'm going to shout at them. It's tall! Yay! Yay. <laughs> I know why I'm cheering. It's time to ask the experts! Ask, 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 ask. In this round, I'm going to ask the panel to think like experts. Real ones, mine, not like the bozos they have on Five Live. Each team must second guess what our expert guest thinks is the right thing to do in certain situations. So let's welcome today's expert, train driver Dave. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hello. How long have you been a train driver? I've been a train driver for eight years now. And what network do you drive for? Oh, I've driven all over the place, but uh, I used to drive for Southeastern, which will please Michael a lot, I'm sure. Oh, wow. I, I'm amazed that you would know of my knowledge of train networks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pandor, what I'm going to do is, um, in a moment, you're going to have to second guess what Dave would do in some train driver situations. But before that, you've got a chance to get to know him a little bit better with some carefully chosen questions. So if you want to interrogate Dave... And find out some things about train driving. I have a really pressing question. I'm American. What is a train? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think you call it a locomotive engineer, but passenger trains. Do you drive a car? I do, yeah. Do you ever forget to steer? I think my wife tells me I, I like to look out the window a bit more. Than <laughs> <laughs> Keep looking forward, she says. Are there train groupies? Oh, yeah, they're scary people. <laughs> but they're people. all 65-year-old men, right? Yeah, I wouldn't leave your children with them. <laughs> <laughs> they form tribes on platforms, you know, like little, uh, little wars break out between them, you know. No really? shit. Like sharks and jets type situations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it steam versus you, diesel? Yeah, j- just careful when you go to Nuneaton. You can't so. click your fingers when you're... Um... <laughs> What's your favourite thing about driving a train? Uh, you spend a lot of time on your own, you get a lot of time off. Time flies by, you know, when you're driving a train. You go down, <laughs> back again. <laughs> what he's trying to say is he's usually asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've got to know Dave a little bit, so here's our first scenario for him. Dave is driving a commuter train and he's the only member of staff on board. Whilst going through a long tunnel, the train brakes unexpectedly jam and you grind to a halt. You can't fix the problem yourself and your train radio doesn't work in the tunnel. You check your mobile, but as it's an iPhone on EE, neither battery nor signal works. Um, You have to let the signaler know what's going on as a matter of urgency. So what would Dave do in this situation? Stuck in a tunnel, no way of communicating. You could just steer there and just pick out the people that you want to eat when they all die. <laughs> no, sex first. <laughs> you just get on the intercom and you just go, <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a state of emergency. I'm the king of the train. <laughs> I'll be fucking who I please and eating who I please. The club car is for me only. <laughs> the club car. <laughs> You've obviously not Small been on a South up. London train. 
honestly, my knowledge of trains comes from movies from the 1930s. <laughs> Jesse, while you're here in this country, please, please get on a train and use the quiet coach. <laughs> it's the loudest place on earth. <laughs> or even better, the family carriage. That is an amazing... I, I want the family carriage to be fitted with the same technology that the trash compactor has in Star Wars. <laughs> Every time there's more noise in the family carriage, it just pushes further and further in until, what, they all die? What, you're against that now? I think, I think Southeastern have already brought that in at Herne Hill on 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> These are very niche jokes. Yeah. But I got it. I know, yeah, yeah. I'm happier than I've ever seen him. Hey, guys, I am itching to break out my Bay Area rapid transit Bart! material. I know my parts. Bart, jokes, Bart, jokes. <laughs> Let's talk about the Transbay tube. Yeah, oh, my God, trying to get from Oakland to Alameda, am I right? You know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave, what would you do in this situation? Well, uh, if I couldn't contact the signal via the radio or um, if there was no phone signal in the tunnel, then... I'd actually have to leave the passengers on the train and I'd walk until I got to a phone, which might be the next station or signal box. I'm genuinely feeling panicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely upset by that. Dave's second scenario. You're driving a train on a long cross-country route. The passengers on board aren't very happy because the toilets are packed up again. However, the bigger problem is that you yourself need the toilet. And we're talking a number two. You're getting so desperate you're finding it hard to concentrate. The next scheduled stop is over an hour away. What would Dave do in this situation? How open can you get the windows? <laughs> Surely there's a train bag you can go in. <laughs> a Lucas A bottle, but... That doesn't you can't poo in a bottle. <laughs> I said Lucas a bottle. Wide neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried yeah, to yeah. wee in a bottle once. Uh, it was a Coke bottle, and I had to. I thought. <laughs> I thought if I got down to the, you know, the kind of sexy bit of the bottle, <laughs> and and cut that, so I actually cut that round with nail clippers. But then it was very jaggedy. Oh my god! And I didn't want to put that near me, nonny. Um, so what did you do? I just worked myself. <laughs> it's not even a joke. <laughs> I, um, I, I had a friend who used to travel around and the, uh, there was a van. She was in a theatre company and there was a, a van and they couldn't... One had to go in the back with all the props, you know, because there were too many of them. So on her turn, she needed the loo and no one could hear her when she was knocking on the thing. So she ended up finding the, the nearest thing she could to piss into and it was a frisbee. And then she had to hold a frisbee of piss until the next stop. I won't name her. Wait. Did she just fling it when she opened the door? I hope so, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then a dog caught it. Oh. <laughs> Margaret, um, you know how some people don't like doing a, a plot mm. in public places? Mm. Are you one of those people? No, I'll go, I'll go. I mean, go. I've been since we've been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Dave, I mean, his LucasAid bottle answer was very, very quick. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's all about the LucasAid bottle. I think Dave shits in a bottle. <laughs> That's what I, I think. think. As soon as I saw him. <laughs> sort of depends on the consistency, doesn't it? What's oh, your consistency yeah. normally like? <laughs> Dave, what would you do in this situation? Well, if I could make an emergency uh, out of course stop and... I'd phone the signaller and ask permission to use his signal box, I think. But um, I do know... Of... You would shit in his signal box? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the toilet. <laughs> okay. But oh. I, 
I did. Oh, it's like a piece of electronic equipment with transistors <laughs> and stuff. But uh, you were willing to sacrifice it. Uh, in the eight years I've been a train driver, um, I have know of three train drivers that have shit themselves while driving. And their names are... <laughs> well, thank you very much, train driver Dave. Before we get to the final round, what are the scores, producer Ben? Uh, they are still two all. Oh. Yay! <laughs> Yay, we're shit! We've done really badly. <laughs> it's time to do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets to not finger David Dickinson. <laughs> Round ends when producer Ben tugs a little part pop. So, you were given a spare key to your neighbour's house. What is the wrong thing to do? Stick uh, it up your arse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, cut like a thousand of them and make a picture of Myra Hindley. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then stick the picture of Myra Hindley up your arse. Come on. You have laser eyes like Superman. What's the wrong thing to do? Uh, help, help people to self harm. <laughs> <laughs> You hate your mother's new boyfriend. What's the wrong thing to do? Fuck him. <laughs> That's what you would do if you liked your mother's new boyfriend. Either way. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Always went down well in my house. You find Jay-Z's mobile phone. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, explain to him that uh, calling someone a bitch should be a problem. You've got a hundred problems. <laughs> On his phone? He's not got his phone. How are you contacting him? Shut up, Margaret! <laughs> You're the least popular person on this podcast. Fuck off! <laughs> the, the man who called me up when I was, when I was pregnant... He called me a pregnant crying bastard. <laughs> Stupid crying pregnant bastard. <laughs> you are about to die. What's the wrong thing to do? Uh, uh, start a vintage wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm sorry, I've got <laughs> It's the end. What are the scores, Ben? Sarah and Michael have got four. Jesse and Margaret have got five. Yeah! USA! 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 No, no, no. Well done to Jesse and Margaret. Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye. <laughs> Do the right thing. Thank you, Jesse Thor, Sarah Millett, and Margaret Cable, Smith, Michael Lake, expert guest, Dave the train driver, and me, Danielle Hall. I divide it, produce them, walk up, open a script together with extra material from David Reed. Martin White the music. Thanks for the pleasures for having us. And to Zoe Fell, Sasha Caffrey, and Johnny Angel for helping out. Do the right thing is a fuzz production for the internet.